Good evening and welcome to the Hourglass with Isabella. I am here yet again with Angela. Hello! <laughs> Becoming a frequent occurrence on this podcast for season two. It keeps us entertained. But the reason you're here is... Serial Killers! Again! Part two. <laughs> so you wanted it, you're gonna get it. Serial Killers part two. First episode was a highly suggested wanted episode. We've got Daniel as our background audience. Hello, hello. And we're going to start with a trigger warning. Yes. You should not suddenly be listening to this. This is an 18 plus podcast. There will be swear words. There will be horrific talk in this that you probably don't want to hear. So even if you're just sensitive or not inclined and don't want to know about serial killers, it's not too late. You can turn back now. Mm -hmm. And I would highly suggest doing so because some of this stuff is pretty dark. Yeah, I have a tendency to go into too much detail. Yeah, so it's going to get pretty dark. So that's a forewarning. Now that that's aside and you've had a moment to kind of check this stuff out, Daniel, drumroll, can you give us a serial killer list for today? Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Ted, Theodore Bundy. Ted Bundy. That would be a me topic. That is you. That is me. He is like, so there's few, you know... You'll notice in the previous episode I was talking a lot about, like, Victorian serial mm-hmm. killers, so H.H. H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper. However, Ted Bundy, to me, does fall in that gent-gentleman oh, category yeah. because he's one of the most charismatic, famous, handsome kind of serial killers where he truly was so sociopathic, he fooled a lot of people, including his own or later wife into believing that he was innocent when in fact he was most definitely not innocent but people like to believe it even women who possibly knew that he was a serial killer would show up at a courthouse hanging around outside and they would say well why are you doing this and they're like I don't know I'm just kind of curious and that lends us into the topic of why are so many people curious about serial killers it's fascinating it really is like we were talking before the first one started about how um, we were discussing this with Daniel about, you know, a lot of guys have a problem with listening to serial killers, whereas it seems like women are the ones who listen to this. It's an interesting thing, and a lot of girls that I know mm-hmm. are very much like, yes, yeah, I know all about this. Yeah. I never, and do you know about and so it seems it's very, I think it's a fascinating thing. I think it actually has a dark aspect there. I think mm-hmm. the reason why we learn so much and we know so much about it is actually in some ways to protect ourselves. Oh, yeah. Because we are so vulnerable, and a lot of times, a lot of serial killers, the victims are young women, right? Exactly. That is the point. So I think it's less, yes, there is a morbid fascination yes. occurring there, but there is also a strange safety protection. It's a self-preservation. How how can I learn what these women did not learn? In a lot of cases, Mm -hmm. it's by no means a victim's fault. They are randomly chosen and stalked and preyed upon Mm -hmm. and then taken, finally. So it's a fascinating thing, but this leads us into Ted Bundy, or as you say, Ted Theodore Bundy. Yes, Theodore. So he was also a very 70s killer. Yes, he was. A lot of the killers we talked about in the previous podcast were also in the 70s, and that is no coinkydink. It leads into the age of female empowerment. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, was a troubling aspect for a lot of men at the time, and a very challenging thing to kind of bite into. No pun intended, because he did bite Ah, a lot of his victims. Ah, yes, he did. Yes, he did. A lot of that's something, in fact, if you're ever dating 
someone and you want to be like, how do I know if the person I'm dating is a sociopath? Are they likely to bite you or leave bite marks that you wanted for key factors there? Ah. BDSM aside, like if it's consensual, you got whatever. But the biting is like that sign of possession. It's like a branding. It's a branding in its Ah. own respect, 100%. So Ted Bundy was very into biting his victims, regardless if they were alive or dead. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's why very famously when he went to court, they took his dental records. It was one of the first instances in forensics Mm -hmm. of using... Them to see if his teeth matched up to a bite, and guess what? It matched up. Yep. And what's something that's really curious about Ted Bundy, such an intelligent chap, right? Yes. He wanted to go to law school, this stuff. He was actually his own lawyer. Yes. He didn't, he was so egotistical. And a lot of these serial killers he, are. It's just like, and he, if you watch videos of him in court, he's running them around loose to a point where the guy who was the judge, terrifying as this is, says, You know what, man? You, you made some wrong choice life, but you could have been a very good, and I would have been happy to work with you. Yeah, you could have been, been awesome. You could, and who the fuck says that? That judge is a piece of shit. Man. <laughs> <laughs> just, just gonna lay that out. We're gonna have that. fun this episode. Yeah, this is because Ted Bunny is a wild. You know, hang on Such to your hats, guys. Ride. This is going to get wild. Yes, it so, is. He grows up, and to be fair, his parents, they didn't even believe he was a serial killer. He grew up in a fairly normal no. family, very loving, not enough problems there to indicate. So that makes me believe it's genetics, and he was actually a true sociopath. Well, right? until because, later. Until later. So yeah. what happens is that, like, you know, you, there's two ways you can go about being a sociopath or a psychopath and leading into a serial killer. Like, as I say, you can be a sociopath and never kill anyone. A lot of CEOs and high-powered positions in our society are actually run by sociopaths. They just know how to obey the rules and yes. not breaking conduct. It's not necessarily a negative. It's a almost a psychosis, right. but it's, it's but not... It, one leads into the other. Exactly. Point. And there are some factors you can look out for if you have a kid, so you know. Yeah. One is animal abuse. Very early mm-hmm. on, is this a sort of person who is torturing animals and enjoying that? Is this a person who has a disconnect from emotion, right? So that doesn't mean that they can't feign emotion. Sociopaths can mimic tears. Yes. They can pretend to cry. If they've seen sometimes not very well, it depends on their acting ability, but they put on different masks for different people. And Ted Bundy was no different. Yep. He actually had a girlfriend. She didn't know Bliss. anything. A Bliss didn't know anything about the killings. And she had a daughter. A little girl, okay? Mm-hmm. And Ted Bundy was no... He even killed a little girl it's the crazy part but again we talk about that possession thing sociopaths pick and choose they'll have partners that they actually keep as a wife or a husband partner mm-hmm. whatever that they love even a kid and love is a loose word I think the only time sociopaths can ever experience love is when it is they believe the person is an extension of themselves so this oh. person is my soulmate this person is a part of me because it ties into selfishness that makes sense. right and we talk about that possession they feel like this person is not going to reject them right but they own this person fully and that possession doesn't need that thing of, oh, this person would reject me. So mm-hmm. something that's interesting about Ted Bundy is a lot of his victims resembled an ex-girlfriend who had yes. rejected him. That's the key thing there. So I think when he was looking for his, and they were female victims, yep. he's looking for something that resembles that to take revenge on the hurt that he believed was done to him by this, and it's a very incel. He was probably oh. one of the first <laughs> incels, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> In, in, you know, femoid. Oh, right. One of the first incels to have existed in that realm. Do you know the hairstyle? There's a hairstyle for yes. incels? Or no, for Ted Bundy. Oh, for Ted Bundy. <laughs> I know his hairstyle, yeah. We okay. see pictures of him. Yeah. No, for the girls. He had. Oh, over oh, type the of girlfriend. Hair. Yes, it was right. long brunette long, hair. Yep. 
parted right down the middle. So watch out if you were long hair and brunette. In fact, there was actually an interview of a girl because he would go in sometimes, like in Florida, with a college situation, and mm. he slaughtered mm-hmm. several people at once. And that was less, the, and there's still, in his cases, it was a sexual conquest. Yes. But if he had to move quickly, he didn't really have time often to do the evil deeds. Whereas when he took his victims out, let's say we're in Colorado and we're out in oh, the forest, yeah. you know, he takes his victims out there. Then he has time, he was a big uh, necrophile. Yes. He really enjoyed after the fact. He was very much into strangling his victim and then doing terrible things to after the fact, raping the body. Yes. He would come back several times. And in fact, Silence of the Lambs was directly inspired by him because he helped out police to find and help discover the Green River Killer. Gary Ridgway. Gary Ridgway, thank yes. you. So he It took co- me a second to yeah, understand me too. what the hands I was like, meant. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what are you saying? I didn't know the name, but Angela does. And so he basically said to the police, because he yeah. had the psychology and the mindset of a serial killer, he said, well, just stake out by the place where the, the bodies you found them are, because often the serial killer will go back to the place of the body yeah. to relive the sadistic memories of things that they did to their victim. And we talk about Polaroids. It's also the same thing. You want to take the pictures, you want the memories, you want to take the bones, you want to take the skulls, you want to put them in your fridge, you want to hide them because you are possessing that person in completeness. And that is very much what Ted Bundy's thing was. It was a sexual conquest. It was you are the victim, I am the predator, and you're going down. And that was his mindset of all women. He would take them like one time, you know, he goes to the beach and they went by the lake, I guess. And yes. He, famous. And a bunch uh, like, of lake, uh, lake Hamish, Lake Lake. Something like that. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, something they, like that. There you go. But I'm pronouncing t- takes it wrong, these, probably. Takes these girls, and what he did that was so unique, I think, for him as a serial killer, is he would go to his victims, and he would pretend himself to be a victim. And you say, well, yes. what does that mean? By that I mean, he would say, oh, my leg is in a cast, and boo-hoo. Uh, that day, I know his arm was in a cast. An arm, right, his there you go. He would have some yeah. part of his body, was like, I'm in pain. Can you help me mm-hmm. get to my... I think it was a Volkswagen bug, right? Yeah, it was a yellow Volkswagen yeah, and he actually had it tricked out. This is a bit H.H. H. Holmes. He had his... It was oh, actually yeah. a tra- So he could basically, to, you know, get the victim where he needed it, throw it back kind of thing. And this, this car became very famous. Yes. Unto itself as this image of, like, what he drove and part of, in some way, his legacy as a serial killer, which is very interesting. But he would say, oh, can you help me carry these things? And these girls thought, well, this is a handsome, nice guy, and he needs help. So yeah. you know what? The better part of ourselves says, I want to help this guy. And so we come in, and we go in, right? And these girls say, I'm going to help this guy. And then before you know it, that's it. Lights yep. out, you know, and he'd knock him. Usually blunt weapon around the head, yep. knock him out, or strangling, right? Sometimes he'd take pantyhose from other victims yes. to strangle victims. Uh crazy things like that and he yeah at one point he did go up for usually these were teenage girls like like girls in sororities yep. university early 20s early 20s yeah. sometimes 18 19 but he did one time go for a little kid which yeah. is what when we talk about liz and the fact that she didn't know obviously that her boyfriend was a serial killer she mm-hmm. just did not know and the second that she was aware of it they cut off contact there was yep. no contact but he kept trying to contact yes. even when he was in jail yes he up until her. his execution yeah. he kept trying Being to get like, I love her. you I love you I love the daughter and in fact I just watched this is a great TV show if you've not seen it The Ted Bundy Files yes you get it you get oh. it, it. Daniel was it Netflix or Hulu it was no one of those I, can't I think remember. it was Netflix I don't don't quote me but Ted Bundy Files oh. it's really good but it had the daughter and she's all grown up now 
now. Yes. And she was talking about how hard, and it was really emotional actually, how hard it was for her because he was such a great father figure. Yes. And she loved, respected, and admired him. And how difficult it was for her to come to terms with that that her father was a monster. Yes. It was like he got to play that perfect part because he was, uh, you know, clean cut most of the time, Uh, good looking, wanted to go to law school. He was a a member of the Republican Party. Very respected. And he did, like, I can't remember which politician, but he did a lot with the campaign. Uh, Later, when he got in trouble in Utah, he was a member of the LSD church. That's interesting. I Late, didn't know wait. he's part of the church. <laughs> I screwed that up. The LSD church. <laughs> the LSD oh, church. Yes. Church of the Latter-day Saints. There yes, there you go. And they actually came to the courthouse being like, there's no way Ted would have done this. Ted's a great guy. No, a lot of people and the church supported way. him. So that brings us into Boone, which was the girl who he married. And what's famous about him is they yes. actually proposed in the courtroom, okay? How yes. fucking crazy is You that? can find this footage and yeah, it's, it's real. It is absolutely real. So we know that Ted Bundy admitted to 30 homicides. So 30 murders mm-hmm. is his number. But we have strong, strong suspects here. Yes. This one is actually... Because he's the opposite. We talk about the other guy you had, and he was willing to just say, yes, I did Oh, this. Dennis Hager here's, was all about boasting his numbers. where you can find the body. Yeah. Ted Bundy was actually quite the opposite. More mm-hmm. often than not, he was the whole time thinking he was going to get out. He really mm-hmm. did believe that. He was like, I'm smarter than you. I'm in yes. charge. I'm the predator. I'm going to leave this situation. You cannot contain me here. Didn't matter in he, the end, but... He escaped from Colorado jails twice. Oh, yeah, he jumped, so in Aspen. In Aspen. Yeah. In Aspen. Aspen. No, but it was a very famous case at this point, so it's amazing. He got out, he jumped out of a window, he ran into the woods, he ran into the woods, right? And every time he escaped, guess what he did? He went on to commit more murders. Yes! Like, oh my God, this guy is, that's what makes him so interesting, is that he got out, and he didn't stop, but he was, he was, he he was committed. Yeah, especially when he got down to Florida, it's a full-on mania at that point. At that point, when he's bludgeoning women in their beds as they sleep, and the the girls who survived that, one girl was severely beaten, like, she was within an inch of her life. Oh my God. And when we were talking about on a previous podcast, how terrible it must be to be a victim in the courthouse saying to face the monster and she had to do that and how brave was she and they said well it was dark you probably didn't see him she's like I'm pretty sure it's the guy and they're like but you don't really know do you and she's like well I don't know and they used that against her I thought that was so unfortunate because she did know yeah God and you know if you've been in that situation you won't know like she knew but they the the lawyers like because he of course was acting but you didn't really see him can you imagine that though if you know, you're going to court to testify against the man who horribly assaulted you. And he's, and he's the one questioning I you? I know. And he's probably getting off on it. Too, oh, of course he evil, is. The pure, real... We talk about real evil. Yes. That guy truly possessed it. So, you know? And he has something... We'll, we'll carry on. Oh, I was just going to say, with the... There, uh, one of the houses, not the sorority house, mm-hmm. but the one where he left the sorority house and went down the street and attacked a woman... Um, there, uh, those women are still friends. So it was like kind of a duplex kind of situation. And oh, yeah. one girl was beat nearly to death. Like it's all blood. And two and girls the, the were crime, next door. The crime scene was blood all over yes. her bed. She was nearly beaten to death. Like, and and she, she was a per, she was going to be a professional dancer. And yeah. he basically crippled her. Yeah, That's how she's bad still it was. crippled to this day. Right? They're still friends. 
you can find an interview where the oh. three of them come together to talk about that yeah. and how they were with her I think at the court because yeah, she didn't want to talk yeah, to anybody. Talk to her. I think traumatic yes. experiences bond people yes. together, which is hyper important. That and what I want to talk about with Ted Bundy mm. in another way because you will in your lifetime meet a sociopath not once but maybe several times. They are out there, and here's how you these are important things to know to protect yourself. The number one indicator, and Ted Bundy had this. In fact. He was the one who made this famous. Was the predator stare? What is a predator mm. stare? You may ask. So, because sociopaths, the brain chemistry is completely different to what you and I would experience with empathy and emotions. Because they don't have that, they don't understand social norms or things that we would expect to, you know, you to adhere to in society. So, what happens if you see a sociopath? And I'll do it with you because we're sitting across from each other. If a sociopath is looking at you, they will do this. They'll start talking to you, and as they're talking, you'll notice they're not blinking, they're not looking away, and they're staring you down. They have no need to blink, and they're like looking into your soul. And the more I stare at you out blinking, the more uncomfortable you become, and it's almost a dominant, dominant kind of authority thing going on, right? And a normal person would look at you, and they would say, okay, I'm awkward, I'm gonna look away, and you break eye contact and you blink. But if you ever want to catch a sociopath, that's how you do it. You look at them and if they are unable to break eye contact with you, and it's very difficult for a normal person to do it, that's how you know, for real. I have seriously never been so unattracted to you yeah, as I yeah, have right no, now. That, that right? was creepy. Because I didn't it, like that. it puts you, um, it makes you not at ease. Yes. There's something in your brain that says there is not something quite right about this person, and I'm feeling afraid for two the two mistakes because when it's a handsome guy and most sociopaths there are some women and we've got one in this particular conversation but majority of men and what happens is when they look at you and they do that you can mistake it for one of two things one is okay this guy is just being really weird and, and the other one unfortunately is oh this person must be interested in me yes he can't look away yes which is really bad yes that is where it becomes dangerous because yes. then you believe oh this guy must be, so you're at the bar or whatever and the guy's really into like they are really and yeah. you're just like they're focused on me not the case. If you ever see that run the fucking mile, right? That is the number no. one thing straight away before, and it will give you that warning. And, and you watch these. You can watch his interviews. You can watch Ted Bundy's interview, and you watch his eyes. Yes, it's a dead stare. It's called predator stare, and that is the one thing I would impart to the audience to protect yourselves on is to be aware of that because it's real. Oh, it is. Um, um, can I tell about the the documentary? That yeah, it's yes. my favorite thing. Yes, yes. So, um, oh no. What? Are we still recording? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay, good. If I can, <laughs> I put it stopped. I was like, no. I'm like, I mean, no, we no, can no, talk okay. about Ten Bundy no, forever. No, yeah, We've yeah. done this before. Um, so, uh, for those in Colorado, mm. they're, and nationwide, I feel like it's very popular, but for those who grew up in Colorado, we all know the name yep. Focus on the Family. It's a very conservative church. Super conservative, very conservative. They have a slide. <laughs> they have a slide. They do. Literally uh, have a slide, I kid you not. I mean, they're they're <laughs> up there with like um, gay conversion camps. Yeah. They they're they're very pro life, very you know. They're awful. Let's just say it, they're awful. Yeah. I'll say it. Okay, um, you can say it. I'll say it. Okay. I have no problem saying it. But Ted Bundy's last interview was with Dr. Dobson. I remember you telling me about yes! this. This is fascinating. The one who um uh started Focus on the Family. And so he went down to, I believe, Texas, I can't remember, right before the execution, and they filmed this entire uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. And in this conversation, it was weird because previous to this conversation, um, uh, people blamed 
Bundy's mom for him being the serial killer. That's awful. Because she's yes. actually struck me as quite a nice person. In she's years. adorable. And she, was, she didn't interviews? know. She wanted to believe he wasn't that way. She's oh, like, no. he's a normal kid. And so it's strange. That's why I think sometimes social media either born that way for real, right? Or it's developed. And it's the two options. There. The, the excuse yeah. is she was so young when she became pregnant out of wedlock with him. Her parents took him and raised them as their child. He believed his mother was his sister. Are you serious? Until like his 20s. Okay, that is a pretty good candidate right there for... Is that actually a true story? That is true. Okay, did not know that about yes. him. Yes. That's really So that interesting. was this whole... That was his wow. initial excuse was, my mom fucked me up. And it's like, your mom is this... Like you said, your mom Very is nice. sweet. She, they Very nice. Very submissive, she didn't believe, timid. She didn't believe. No. She did not believe he'd committed murder. And likewise, Boone, who married him... Yes. Had a kid. They were fucking in the prison. Yes. Ah, okay. Right? <laughs> Crazy. They had a child. I always wonder, like, I don't... Where is that child now? Was, can you imagine... Oh, they changed their your, names and got yeah, the hell out. Yeah, I would have too. Can you imagine that being your father, that true evil? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. We've There's spent, pictures of the three of them together oh God, okay. before the execution. It's insane. We spent way too much time on yes. Ted Bunny. So we're just gonna oh, I got to finish the documentary, though, real quick. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yes, yes. So, uh, this will be quick, I promise. Yeah. But um, the last thing he blamed was porn. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the bondage made magazines of like the 50s and 60s that you would find like Betty Page and um, Detective Comics was the big one where mm-hmm. you know they're fairly sexy scenes yeah. because you know misogyny mm-hmm. but um, he blamed that in this interview. That was his thing. You can find it on YouTube. I sent it to your Facebook messenger so you can watch it. So here's the great part to wrap up with Ted Bundy. It's like we said, some serial killers are very proud of what they did. He, because he thought he'd get out, mm, right, mm-hmm. was hiding a lot of it. So while while he may reluctantly have admitted to 30, they suspect anywhere up to 100 for him. Yes, for his defense attorney yes. has come out and said that Ted confess that to, to him. him privately right yes. and that's the thing is even to you know even to his wife at the very end yeah. he said we haven't figured it out yet and the way he actually ended up confessing oh, yeah. stuff is he'd speak in third person so that way he still wasn't blaming himself so he'd say well you know if someone were to go and do that they would go up to the mountains and this is what they would do but really what he was doing was confessing in his own way and as we know his end was he got the lethal injection which mm-hmm. is exactly what he deserved so that guy got the correct yes and they made a punishment fit the crime says I yes and people celebrated outside and it was wonderful but it's insane we'll, we'll leave Ted Bundy alone now Daniel give us our next serial killer <laughs> for our next serial killer <laughs> <laughs> behind door number three Kemper Kemper! Okay, so, I don't know who this is, so tell me all about it. Oh that. my god, you want nightmares. I don't want nightmares. <laughs> I already have them. <laughs> uh, Daniel, my dear, how tall are you? 6'4". So, Ed Kemper was 6'9". So, very tall. Very tall gentleman. Um, uh, god, I can't, he, I mean, he was a big guy. I okay. can't remember, he wasn't, like, skinny and tall. I look he, at his picture, he's got yeah. a mustache. Yeah, he, he... He's very... Oh, he's classic serial killer looking. Very 70s. It's just the um, 70s look, I guess. It's not even that that makes you a serial very. killer. But it was a style. It was yes. the moustache and the glasses. Um, he's known as the co-ed killer. Co-ed killer. Tell us about it. And his, his hunting ground was like... 
Northern California, all about Berkeley at that time. Women's uh, movement, feminism. He you was going out again. taking care oh. of female hitchhikers. That relates so yes. well. Because people, for those of you that are listening and don't know, it used to actually be fairly safe to hitchhike and don't yeah. do it anymore, kids. Don't, please don't do it anymore. Especially listening. But people used to just think it was okay to hitch ride. And some people yes. took advantage of that. And a lot of that... A lot of women did it because it was an empowering thing to go out on this adventure on your own. And yeah, it didn't end well, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Speaking of Bundy, that's where Bundy started, was up there. And now we're talking about Kemper. Kemper is one of the sickest serial killers I know. Um, He only has 10 victims. Because he's pretty late. Right up there with Jack Ripper at five, kind of on a yeah, low scale. Yeah, he's not too bad. So he won't, we're going to award prizes at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's one of those... Um, he blamed um, his mother for a lot, a lot of, of his trauma. Blame the woman. Yeah, always blame the mother. Even it though could, your dad's never, not in the picture. It could, ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. It could never, it could never be you. It has to be someone yes. else, right? That's always. the mentality. That being said, his mother was awful. She was very abusive. Oh, she was okay. She was awful. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, there's stories of him, like, basically Harry Pottering it out. Like, was stuck, he asleep under the yes, stairs? Yes, okay. under the stairs, limited room, locked in there, limited food, all that kind of Because that thing. brings us to a third way you can become a sociopath is through extreme trauma or abuse yes. as a child. Parental abuse can actually lead to that, to be fair. So, at one point... His grandparents took pity on him and were like, you know what, just come live with us. And they were also very strict, very, you know, I think they were like, I hate to say it, but Bible thumper type. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Very religious. Basically, uh, he killed his grandparents at 15. Okay, he started out young. Yeah, he started out real young. Wow, that's really Went for it, man. His grandparents. I'm like, who took care of him? Yeah, away from his mother. Um, he ended up going into an institution, mm-hmm. uh, diagnosed uh, with paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. Yep. Uh, and he was there so that's all a of his juvenile I, I, I years. I would like to add there's two different yes. things here. So you can be a sociopath, fine, but there are other things that can lead you to be a serial killer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always necessarily mean you are a psychopath or sociopath. And there yeah. are two differences between it. Psychopaths, you'll say more traditionally, are more tending to be in the serial killer realm. Yeah. But if you have paranoid schizophrenia, you can have hallucinations to the point where or hear voices, like we call it auditory hallucinations, yes. where you believe you have to kill someone and you actually just believe it. So in that, that that's a real illness in my mind uh-huh. is when you think and those those are people who need legitimate help and need to be locked away from society because they cannot function in society in all seriousness because it leads to that and it, it always makes me sad because it's kind of different thing from social is real evil right that is the true mm-hmm. those people are hyper aware of what they're doing they are consenting situation they know they've been taught what is wrong morally wrong from right but they don't care because those impulses are not in there but the difference is when someone has schizophrenia or something, they can genuinely like someone or be in a situation, have emotion and cry and feel guilty for their actions, yes. actually. But in the moment, the voice is, well, you need to kill all these people. <laughs> you need to set fire to this building. Whatever it is, we see it traditionally in movies and they ha- they have to, because it's a disease. It's a real disease. Mm-hmm. I think treating that 
like the season, understanding that early, giving people the help that they need when they need it. It's a better answer there for that. And it is very unfortunate that guy killed his own grandparents, you know, from that. I'm sure he had the voices in hell. Well, it gets worse. (laughs) Oh, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, I'm ready. (laughs) So he's in the institution. Drinking my champagne in the background. You need to drink your champagne for this one. Um, So he's in the institution from 15 to 21 where he's actually released. So they released him. They Shocking. released him. Shocking. Okay. It's it's the seventies. Yes. Or sixties. Not sixties. Not at shocking. This point. It's even yeah. less shocking. And um, you know, young, all of his middle school, high school, juvenile time is in an institution, so he cannot function in society. Basically, yeah, he's not fit for it. Really, yeah. You ready for this? No. <laughs> his IQ was high. It's usually high. 145. Yes. Okay. That's the thing. Intelligence yes. is the other marker. He is, like, if you watch his interviews, you just know. he He's smart. He could have got away with this forever. That makes you wonder if he leans into the sociopathic quality because they are very intelligent. That's, are you aware of your actions? Or are you saying, oh, it was just schizophrenia? I heard oh, no, he knew. He knew. He was aware of yeah. what he was doing. He was cognizant of his actions. With the schizophrenia, it's almost like they had to diagnose him with Yeah, I'm something. not saying that can be a real diagnosis. No, 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 I no. I totally think so. But yes, is he aware him. and had some evil in him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I am going to lean towards the evil. This is a good, this is a good conversation, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we want to be sympathetic in our society. We want to say, well, this person was sick. or But it's interesting when you say that if he was intelligent and it wasn't like a complete psychotic breakdown moment where the person is not aware of their actions, if they're intelligent and they're uh, ravishing in the moment and taking it later or taking the photos or returning to the site of their actions, that shows that they're in control. Mm-hmm. And it's not the random action where they did not have control. I mean, and with him, I mean, his family life was screwed, obviously. His parents, his grandparents are dead. He gets released to the care of his mother. I can't stop looking at your Jeffrey Dahmer know, chopping board. I know, you're so board. cute. I love Never you. chop food on this. I can't, I would be... I, Never chop food on it. Okay. It's going to be hung in my new you kitchen. You could hang it, it's glass. You could hang yeah. it up, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so with Dahmer, his whole thing was picking up Innocent hitchhikers. Yep. No, females. He's all females. Oh, you said Dharma. We oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we, Kemper. 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 We got distracted by Kemper's Dharma. females. Dharma's boys. Yes, so yes. Kemper picks up his females. All like colo- college ed. So similar to Ted Bundy and his yeah. choice of victim. Yep. Young girls. This is around the same time. Um, and he would drive them out to a secluded area and basically just brutalize their bodies as much as possible. He would, you know, decapitate them. Um, Decapitation seems to be popular. Decapitation is popular. He he was all about, you know, the necrophilia as well. For it, yeah. Uh, Something. But he never really was like, oh yeah, I had this thing. He's like, no, I I was turned on by dead bodies. What do you want to do about it? I mean, he was very honest about what he did. That's a great conversation. So, okay, and we deal with this a lot in the BDSM world, is it's perfectly acceptable to have fantasies about things. Yes. The question is, at what point do you break that and knowing the norms aside and take that to reality and then it becomes a real problem so for a lot of time serial killers will fantasize about killing people for years before they yes. actually enact on it and go for it so it's what's interesting with chap you're talking about how he started so young yes. he enacted on young so there was nothing once you've broken a barrier there is nothing stopping that once you're on that hunt and you're on that mm-hmm. game it is you it's until the police take you down it is really you or the fucking execution chair like it gets weird 
Okay. With Camper. So. Oh, I one thing I yes. really wanted to ask you about. Yes. You'd said earlier something fascinating to Daniel and I, but I thought the, the listeners oh. would love to hear about how many serial killers are estimated they believe to be right now in the U.S. Oh, okay. It's shocking. So there is this wonderful documentary out there. We're totally switching gears now. Yeah, and we'll go um, back to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, totally, we'll totally get it. Yeah. Um, but, um... It, I want to call it like the killing season, the killing field, something like that. Killing field. It came good. out on, I want to say FedEx, F- FedEx, Jesus, FX, FX, a few okay. years ago. Um, I like FX. They do what we do in the shadows. Great show. If you've not watched it, just. Oh my God. Episode. You are such a nerd. I love it. Um, but it's a great, great story. Did you ever watch The Crops? Daniel was laughing in the studio. He should background. laugh at us on if that you one. heard that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've not seen it. No. Cropsy is boring. I'm sorry. It's on Netflix. Okay. I find it boring. Same people did that. It's The other documentary is done wonderfully. And they go into... Um, crap. Uh, uh, the, the, the nationwide um, database for crime and everything. And how that was not utilized really at all until recently mm-hmm. and they're how there's detectives out there now 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 starting to update this thing okay which so you would just think very recently yeah yeah very recently it's scary and uh through that they can pick patterns out and it's like oh this is really interesting that this um this person um, this, this um this person died here. She was you in know, a location. A uh, in this area. So this matches uh, up with this profile yes. for the victim. Yeah. Um, what, what's the word I want? Um, um, motive. 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 Okay. Their motives. And their mo- motive operandi. And figuring out through that, they believe there's at least now. This is the number, guys. <laughs> ready? 256 active serial killers in the U.S. 256 active serial killers in the U.S. Give or take some of the six. Give or take some It's been a while. There might be more or less. Yes. That is a terrifying number. And just how... Because, like, a lot of these... I thought it was important to know because I think... Here's something we noticed. We started in, like, the 1888, specifically, with Jack Ripper. And then we got to the 1890s with H.H. Holmes. And then we have this whole thing where we're suddenly in the 70s and 80s. And of, of our last work shows like this era, but actually not. We're not in the 1900s anymore, kitten. No. <laughs> but the 70s and 80s, popular time for that. Yes. So now it kind of makes sense that that number would actually increase. Yeah. But what a terrifying... And that's why I think it's important, especially... For women, actually, that's incorrect. Yes. Women and young men, already anyone. You could be the grandparents. Minorities. <laughs> Minor- anyone, basically anyone listening yes. to this podcast, is to be aware of your surroundings and people mm-hmm. that you think you might trust, maybe you shouldn't trust. But let's get back into yes, camp. Yes, yes, So I, do, I so, took you off trail and I'm bringing you back. It happens. We do that a lot. Let's be and We've already, again, run over our podcast time already. I guess we're only on two. <laughs> serial killers is a vast and wonderful topic. Yes. So finish up, Kemper. Um, so Kemper... Um, like I said, he ended up killing 10 total. Um, the last two were, uh, his mother, his mother's friend Mm -hmm. and his own mother. He killed his own mother. Yes. And remember with like the co-eds, he's going out, he's decapitating them and violating them. defiling them and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he had this story because he was with his mother at this time. He was that's where he was. Wow. He was living at his mother's house. While he's doing these killings. Yes. Huh, so terrifying. he uh, would bury 
body parts as his trophies in the backyard. Oh, God. Would he dig them up later and caress them? Sometimes. <laughs> okay. uh, My mind he, is awash. He literally has a story that amuses the hell out of okay, him. Okay, tell me the story. That he took one of the girl's skulls and buried it outside his mother's window, staring up at the window. Why? Why would you do that? Because he was like, ha ha, mom, look what I'm doing. But he didn't want her to actually know, so it's like the... No. Oh. And then they got into this fight one night. And um, he... Oh, God. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm not ready for good. I am totally doing... I'm as ready as I'll ever be. ...an extra trigger warning for this, because I am going okay. to go you full ex- If you've reached this point and you're yes. still alive, good job. If you're not, you're already dead, that's fine. But please leave the podcast, because it's... I've got the trigger Nobody listen now. Yeah, nobody <laughs> listen after this. Nobody leave the book. I kind of want to take pictures of Kitten's face at this one. No, don't. Just to tell me your story. I'm terrified. <laughs> okay. Just believe me that my face is contorted in horror. It, it's okay. going to be bad. Okay. okay. So, Alrighty. with Camper, he ended up killing his mother, um, decapitating her. Mm-hmm. He ripped out her entire throat and threw it down the garbage disposal because he was sick of hearing her talk. Ah. It gets worse. Okay. <laughs> and then... And then what? He molested her head. He skull fucked her? Yes. Basically. And the neck hole. And the neck hole. It's like a flashlight at that point, Yes. God oh damn it, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. We've surpassed the point in the podcast. We've crossed the point of no return, guys. Stop if listening now. If you're still now. here, if you're still here, you're very brave. And cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, cheers with champagne. Cheers. From your Jeffrey Dahmer mug yes. that you're drinking from. <laughs> okay, Daniel. That's, that's a nice ending to that guy. I don't want yeah. to hear about wait, him anymore. Wait, I have okay. one more. I have oh, one God. more. Okay. So, okay. Uh, if you must. He took off. I can't he, From California. He Shocking. He took the fuck off and kept waiting to be caught. Yeah, as you would. And he's After like... That, Days later, he's like, "Nobody's gonna what the care. fuck, guys? Yeah. Seriously. The system is wrong. Yeah. He ends up in Pueblo. Colorado? Yes, no. ma'am. No. And calls from a payphone and goes, oh. hey, uh, I killed my mom and oh, her friend in the house. You? you guys should probably come pick me up. He yes. them? Yes. Fuck off. Fuck off. Is that real? Yes. Okay. He called them. Damn. And so have you seen uh, Mindhunter, the TV show? No, I've not. So, go like you were talking about with um, Bundy, Ed Kemper was one of the first ones to work with FBI profilers uh, to, to help understand them with other serial killers. Yes, and I think there is a lot to be learned yes. from. Serial I completely killers. agree with you, and that's why I think it's a valuable yes. topic worth discussing. In all Indeed, sincerity. and it's funny. So, um, the the it's a Netflix show called Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Check it out. And it, I almost stopped watching it because in the first few crazy? minutes, oh, they're I'm talking scared. about Ed Camper. Okay. This is a stupid Colorado thing. Um, okay. I'm they're so at scared. the bar and they're talking about Ed Camper and they're like, you should probably look at this guy and interview this guy. He got caught in Cleblo, Colorado. I was like, that's not how you say Pueblo. <laughs> so that was my horrible, like, oh, Cleblo. Cleblo. Cleblo, Colorado. And I was like, I want to turn this off. Now, now the tourist thing comes. If you've not visited Pleblo, Colorado, right? you should do so. Okay, that's right, the end of camper right there. <laughs> I, just, I had to talk about Pleblo. Yeah, we are, we're almost, I mean, we're almost out of town. I can't believe we're almost out of Daniel, time again. what's the next serial killer? How many do we have left? I think we've... you have Manson next. Manson? Yeah, okay, I mean, that's it's a whole other episode. Yeah. I'm going to do it, then we're going to end it after that, because okay. we are on the edge here. Okay. So Charles Manson, the reason why he's on the end is some people might argue he doesn't actually 
categorized correctly as serial killer because a serial killer is usually someone has multiple kills on their name on the record and they themselves are doing the hunting but what if why i think this is worth discussing is that some sociopaths are so smart they can convince other people to do their killing for them Ooh. thus bringing us to charles manson and we and again we talk about the 60s and the 70s Oh, we yeah. are in. We are in LA. And if you guys have seen it or you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, you Who might have seen that? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And if you've not seen it, my God, is it one of the best movies ever made? It is just fantastic. It and is if you good. know about this story, all the more so. And I have a particular connection to Sharon Tate, mm-hmm. who was one of the victims of Charles Manson. While not directly convinced other people to do the his dirty work yeah. for him because he was a cult leader and what is interesting about it is I first learned about her separate from the killings through a movie that I adore called The Fearless Vampire Killers which was directed by Roman Polanski and he met Sharon Tate on set fell in love with her later they became married she got pregnant and then mm-hmm. she was killed while heavily pregnant actually stabbed multiple times yeah. it was a gr- it was a gruesome killing which is why it's worth being in this category in my opinion it's you know I really felt a connection with her. Interesting fact, my birthday is August 9th, and it is the same date of the day that she was unfortunately killed. So what happened was, Charles, it, it wasn't, here's the funny thing, is in other things we talk about Ted Bundy, you know, he's going after these women who match a profile of his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or you talk about Dara and he's going after these young men, mm-hmm. right, who appear, see, and that's the thing. In the case of Charles Manson, he never was going after Sharon Tate as a movie star. What happened was he was involved, you guys may have heard of Helter Skelter mm-hmm. and the whole, there's a whole Beatles thing there. This guy was like a delusioned rock star and he really wanted to be famous. And he actually worked with a guy who worked for Beach Boys, which is a very famous uh, one of the band. Wilsons. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you see in the movie, it what I think is it. In fact, I believe they actually cut the scene. But if you've seen the newest version of Once Upon a Time, oh. Hollywood, they added a bunch of scenes that cut out, which I think was great because it added so much more to the story. But it has Charles Manson going to the house looking for the guy who's part of a record label. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't live there anymore. That's in the original. Yeah, I, I remember Roman that. Polanski and Sharon Tate. Yeah, going up the hill. Going up the hill. Yeah. It's a yeah. separate thing. Goes to talk to the other guy behind the house, like a carriage house behind the house. Here and all there. So they moved in, Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski. And Roman Polanski had to go to Europe on business. Mm-hmm. So he leaves, right? Super hot in LA. It's like a very warm it's time awful. of year. It's awful. Very humid <laughs> heat kind of down there. And... Uh, yeah, you know, Charles Manson and all his followers, a very young kind of hippie type crowd, uh-huh. made a whole commune thing going on, right? And what was the set called? They were out on... The ranch. Ah, the ranch. Spa ranch. Spa ranch. Spa ranch. And may I just say, Brad Pitt did a great job in that movie. He really did. And a did. lot of the crazy part is, like, there's a guy called Tex... Yes. And he, uh, like in thing, Texas like, real. Yeah, Texas real. And the guy beats the shit. All of that stuff is real, okay? They actually included it with great careful detail. And what I loved about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's actually a fairy tale. So mm-hmm. I went in knowing the horror. And, and you know, Quentin yes. Tarantino, incredibly violent scenes. Yes. So I knew what was going to happen. And I was sitting there on the edge of my seat. In fact, the, the cinema was so packed down there, we couldn't even sit together. Do you you guys went like opening weekend or something, we, we, didn't we? Saw, we saw it in 30 
We shot 35 oh, millimeter. Oh, that's why. Yeah, 35 millimeter, the whole thing, and we were separated. I was on the edge of my chair, acting and real anxiety about it because mm -hmm. I, I was just waiting, yes, waiting, waiting for this killing to happen. I knew the gruesomeness. Same. Yeah. And then what they did, and the, they turned the story around. <laughs> spoiler! <laughs> yeah, there's a spoiler there. Most people have seen it by now. They tell the story, but I won't go to it. But it makes it a fairy tale. Yes. Versus the nightmare. And the nightmare was what happened, was on August 9th, on the evening. It actually starts on August 8th, but it switches into mm -hmm. August 9th because it's late. this is a late night killing. They go up to the properties. In fact, this is actually not too far away from where the Playboy Mansion was. Yeah. Right? And you've got Rodeo Drive and all this stuff. Right, so they go up and... Manson told them to hit out as many houses as they could on the street, but to start here because he had this hang-up with this record thing. Yeah, it was you know? very strange. And of strange. course, Rowan Plansky is out of town, but Sharon Tate's not alone. She's entertaining friends. Yeah. She's got the hairdresser who was her Jason ex- Jason Who's her ex-boyfriend, uh -huh. right? And they have the girl who's a piano player. I forget her name, but uh, it's her, her hairstylist. Like makeup artist, I forget. Her I don't name. remember her name. Right, so I she's feel got bad. the point is she. I know. I so do I. She. So they have a bunch of friends there and they're entertaining. I remember and Abigail Folgers. Yeah. So the the Manson family that was at that time coming to him. They said, "What's what are you doing?" He says, "I'm here to do the devil's work," which they actually include in the movie, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. But then they basically herded them all into him, tied them up on the floor, and Sharon Tate is very pregnant, and she says, "She's hey, like eight months pregnant." She's she? like, "Hey." I know you want to kill me. She she knew she wasn't stupid. She mm -hmm. said, "Please do not kill the baby." Like that was her plea for real. That was a plea. And in fact, her sister and her mother, great advocates, from from that moment onwards Aww. up until, you know, the mother died actually fairly recently. To be fair, but the sister has continued to support that. And because some of the Manson, fact, yes, Charles Manson is now dead. He died in the prison. Good. I definitely riddance. prefer the version with the flamethrower. Yes, of course. Great. So it's spoiler, but it's a flamethrower yes. in the Quentin Tarantino match. And I was, I was cheering when it came on. I was screaming and doing us. I was like, yes, yes, get those hippie fucks like <laughs> me in my British accent audience. But everyone around me is like, yeah, because I think a lot of other people were surprised by the ending. You expect something from Quentin Tarantino, but what he said about the movie was he did the research on Sharon Tate, and he actually fell in love with her when he researched Aww. it because she was such, she was such a nice generous, she compassionate human being. And think about the potential she could have done as an actress. Mm -hmm. I think she could have been like on Marilyn Monroe level famousness. Oh, yeah. And but has her death in some way added to her fame? Certainly. Unfortunately. She's unfortunately yeah. famous for that death. As tragic as it is, it has become the key point mm -hmm. of her. And of course, Roman Polanski comes back from Europe. We won't go too much into his we, history. We won't. We're too dark. <laughs> he's, he's got his own problems there. And he's still yeah. alive. He's in Europe exiles away yeah. in the corner but he comes back and he doesn't know what's happened a lot of people yeah. originally and i think this actually led to his later crimes and things he did was the fucked upness of the situation people say well he must have killed his wife but in reality yeah. he did love her very like i think mm -hmm. he really did love I her. i think he did I and i think if, i think it's crazy if i think if she hadn't have died because she was pregnant mm -hmm. he would have had a normal family and i do not think he would have taken a daft part the, the dark path. The dark. He went to the dark side. The dark side. He went to the Sith side. Anyway, that, that aside, you know, he was like desperate to find out who the killer was. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that they believed was the killer, including because she'd been trained in kung fu and fighting, was Mr. Daniel. 
Well, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah, Sharon Tate. I know. <laughs> I'm going to reel it up. So, Sharon Tate, when Rowan Plancy came back and he was investigating his wife's death, and he was going outside and taking oh, hairs out of cars out of his friend oh, yeah, because Bruce he didn't Lee. trust yeah. Bruce Lee. So, Bruce Lee had actually taught Sharon Tate some martial yeah, arts. Yeah, they show that in awesome. the movie. In the movie, right? I didn't know this was real. He was a suspect. Roman Polanski thought he might have actually killed her. Wow. So there's this whole suspect list, and he actually, to the point where nobody would really, at this point, we didn't know it was Manson. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he was running around, going off to parties, inviting his friend, oh, you want to come for a party? Oh, and then Jesus. he would go out in the car, take hairs and stuff out of him, because he was desperate, madly desperate to know who killed his wife. And that's a true Jesus. story. Uh, can I tell you about when we went to go see the movie? Yeah. The first time I saw it twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time I saw it, I'm sitting there like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Because I'm waiting for the history, and all of a sudden everybody's happy at the end, and I'm like, "I am so confused." Me too. I was like, "When does this actually become real?" Yeah. And when it didn't, I was just pleased. See, I, I didn't get to that point because I'm oh. like, "What?" The so you were just fuck confused. I, I was just so confused, and then okay, uh, I we think went it to go see it with my mother because I went I went and saw it uh, again with my mother because my mother. Um, going back to what we talked about in the very, very, very first serial killer episode, which seems forever ago at this point, um, women have a tendency to be into serial killers in this situation. Yeah, and that was these season horrible one. Things. Yeah, this is season one at that point. Um, but um, my mother's big one growing up was Manson. So okay. I knew all about Manson from my mother. Yeah, so you had this set idea in your head. Yeah, so I knew what was going to happen and... Um, my brother is a big filmmaker. He does a lot of film stuff. He's really into Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. So we all three went and saw it again. So I saw it my second time. I think my brother was on his third at that point. And um, at the end of the second time I watched it, I started, you know, getting teared up. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this is so much more beautiful. And I understand what the hell's going yes. on. Yes. It is. I cried. Actually, I, did. Oh. I actually burst into tears in the audience. My and mother were comforting did. me. Yeah. <laughs> my mother sitting between me and my I brother. I was expecting that. Lost it. Yeah. And my brother is like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like he is so confused about why my mom is reacting. Like my mom yeah. read if Helter you, Skelter yeah, if you at grew thirteen. Up in that, but you yes. know that's a whole she, other thing. She identified with the girls way too much. Um, that that was her thing. Yeah. So. My brother had no idea. He had no idea we knew as much about serial killers yeah. or Manson or anything. He just thought he was going to go see a Quentin Tarantino fo- film with his mom Egregious and sister. Egregious violence. Yeah. Yes. So he was, like, shocked. And my mom's like, well, yeah, I watched this I was with too, Angela, I not you. Even, I didn't even... When yeah. I saw it, I couldn't believe it. And I was just waiting for her death and waiting yes. and waiting. And, like, to the point where I was so nervous, and I just... I did... I burst into tears because of relief... Yes. Of it, which is, and it's sad because yes, it's not what happened in real life. No, but in fact, Quentin Tarantino was originally going to write it that way, and then he goes through and he falls in love with Sharon Tate. He's like, I'm going to change this ending, and, and I he love had that. the power to do that. He rewrote mm-hmm. history, and he, you know, they those people got what they deserved in that. And we'll talk yes. about Squeaky. Oh God! Know about people going on to try and kill people. Yes. Squeaky, in at least in the movie rendition, she was the guy fucking the guy at Spa Ranch, which is why oh, yeah, yeah, why yeah. they had access to Spa Ranch as a commune of hippies to even live there in the first place, which is true. It was consensual. The guy did allow it because he yeah. was blind, but Squeaky he was, was fucking him, yeah. right? Squeaky was fucking him. Fine. 
this squeaky character is still she's famous she's still alive today FYI she, yes you never know she may even probably hear this podcast oh god that'd be terrifying she wrote email a, now <laughs> she's, she remained and is still to this day a hardcore Charles Manson yes. follower she really believed in him because when she was growing up she actually grew up in an okay environment yes she was, she, it was a wealthy family she was okay but she had this period of breaking away and she was on the beach in LA and she meets Charles Manson on mm-hmm. the beach and he seduces her in and that's what he did with all these young people at this time is he used that social glib and charm which brings us back to this so she's a true yes. sociopath yes. brings them in right because all that his ego and his thing gets them to live in his world and support his ventures and his ideas and his murders mm-hmm. all of these things so Squeaky follows it even to this day right once Charles Manson is already in prison she goes out she had two nicknames squeaky was one because of the noise she'd make and then the yes. second one was red like red riding her because she'd wear this red cloak oh yeah so she wears this red cloak and she actually went out to try and assassinate the president at the time gerald ford yeah mm-hmm. but however the gunshot does i mean it's the most stupid thing in history because if it, it had gone right it would have been like groundbreakingly historical but classic for squeaky she messes it up yes and it doesn't go off but the police still she's still grabbed and taken yeah, the, away the but she service. nearly she was inches away from assassinating the uh-huh. president of the united states like back on behalf of manson's message which i think would have probably made that story even crazier oh, realistically yeah. looking back but they don't you in you know once upon a time hollywood you don't get to see that added side no. of her. but it's a fascinating story i highly encourage you to look it up it's and weird if you've not seen the quentin tarantino movie Get the one that has the extra footage. It's worth it. Yeah, I'm going to go look that and up. And it's a long movie, so it, just be prepared. To say it's a long haul thing. And if you go into it, make sure you've done the research on Sharon Tate first. Yes. I would highly suggest watching Phyllis Vampire Killers because you can see when Roman and her it's, met and they fell in love. And that's beautiful. Cause it's really cute, story. actually. I wasn't sure because I had never yeah. heard of it until you. Oh, God, I love that movie. And me and Jordan watched it. Well, before I love one of the vampire balls. You know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, we have to watch this because he's obsessed her with her alive. This. And, and happy. Oh. And you could tell the entire time they're falling in love. Yeah, and on it's set. so And then they, sweet. they got married at the Playboy Club in London. Yes. That was super interesting with this whole backstory. And that alone, just to see her thriving, and her sister mm-hmm. still will sometimes put on those movies like yeah. Valley of the Dolls, yeah. which Sharon Tate was also famous for, and it's great. So I would like to say Margot Robbie completely oh, killed that. Could we just oh. this isn't related oh. to the podcast. We could have a Margot Robbie podcast. We really could. That woman is slaying it right now. Now. Yes. If you end up listening, just let me tell you, you are doing a great job, oh especially God. for female empowerment within movies. Yes. Birds of Prey, all of these mm-hmm. things. What was the recent news we had about Margot Robbie? She's you told, Daniel. Oh, Daniel told me something very recently about. I don't yeah, but it was this fantastic thing about a movie chick, and she was like, no. We're going to do this with a female cast. And I was like, that is a cool progressive oh, awesome. thing and really cool. So, no, love her. She's doing awesome. She did and she that did a great scene. portrayal. And maybe we just add the feet. Yes. Quentin Tarantino is well known for having a foot fetish. And no, definitely was the feet. When she's in the cinema, what? the feet are up on this. Yes. And also when Brad Pitt picks up a hitchhiker, the girl. Yeah. Because her feet are up on a thing. So if you have a foot thing... Keep an eye out because there's so many like naked what? feet. Yeah, he did that on purpose. And that's no. a, yeah, that's a great way to end <gasps> this podcast because we Perfect. are at oh my God. 55 <laughs> minutes. We so overdid this and we didn't even. Can we just get the final list, Daniel? Yeah, we have a few on the list. We're not going to finish it, but I'm going to get the names and yeah. we'll. And it won't be today, but on a separate date, we'll do yeah. serial killers. We can do it again. The final. 
<laughs> final rendition and then we'll give out our prizes for who has the highest body count who's the creepiest <laughs> who's the most vindictive etc well, you still have to do uh, Herb and Elaine and Herb then you're going to do Toy Box Girl Toy Box Girl and what about well, who was the girl was Elaine 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 and then Herb was separate yeah Burb Herb 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 okay we're running out it's now going red it's like you're oh wow yeah because you're going to get yelled at you're yelling at me on the anchor okay Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Angela, for lending us your Ta-da. studio space today. It has been wonderful. We drank a lot of champagne. Yes, the we champagne did. is empty. But Sad. we had great fun. Always. And we look forward to having you again in the future. Yes, just let me know. I will. Okay, without further ado, sleep tight and take care. <laughs> <laughs>